are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, the Lotus of the Doom, Lotus... It is almost Vegas week. It is. We're a week away. Things are kicking off. We've got a big anniversary for Elder Scrolls today. Yes, it's happy ninth anniversary Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, happy ninth anniversary. So if you have not jumped into Elder Scrolls Online yet, it is free right now. You just have to download it, set up an account, log in and play. That's it. You play for free. Any platform. Any platform. Yep. Yep. So go go do that. If you haven't played Elder Scrolls Online and you're wondering what all this lore is that we keep talking about, most of it now comes from Elder Scrolls Online. You can log in, you play the game, you can go on quests and adventures. You don't even have to talk to another soul. It doesn't work like an MMO in that in that sense where you have to talk with other people. You yeah, can just go play the want. quests only if you want. And you might see other people running around and stuff, but you know, all, there's all sorts of good stuff. There's a bunch of uh, ghost toady or total totalette. Ghost Toadlet in chat. Toadlet. I should read the whole word before I talk. Uh, <laughs> is reminding us that there's three free event tickets every day, yep. which gives you a bunch of cool stuff you can unlock. Lots of fun stuff. So go check that out. Yep. First of all, we wanted to say that. Secondly, next week, ESO Vegas. Yes. If you are going to be there, come say hi to us. We'll yeah. We'll be at the same giant event mess that these things always devolve into anyways. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you <laughs> don't know exciting. what we look like, if you have never watched any of the video versions of this yeah. podcast or any of our other content that either of us have done, then just g- jump over to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast YouTube channel. Just peek yeah. over and see what just we look like. Just even look at the thumbnail. You'll see what we look like. Just yeah. Just gauge. Right. Twitch.tv slash Robots Radio. You'll see our little thumbnail on the VOD down yeah. at the bottom. Like, you'll know what we look like. We'll walk around. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to bring my robot hat that was one of the things i purchased a that few was years ago defining feature at first yeah because i was like you know if i go to events which and then covid happened then it yeah, would be I, easy for people to rec- to recognize me if i have robots right. on my hat right but the hat is now this is my second hat by the way and you can tell that it, it got it got worn because the white on the front is like yellowing from sweat <laughs> and just like wear Ooh. yeah it doesn't i was gonna give it away and i was like actually that's kind of gross i don't think anybody's gonna want that so uh um, I might bring the hat. I don't know. I don't know if I've decided to do that or not. It's kind of annoying to wear a hat all day. I'm not really that much of a hat guy. Anyway, welcome back to the show. We'll be there yeah, next week. Jump in. Exciting things. Yeah, jump into the Discord. Look for the the comments and notices about when we're going to do things like go out to dinner or if people are just like, hey, I'm heading out tonight. Do this thing. This is where I'll be. Right. That's the thing. There are a couple organized things uh, from previous ones or from any of these real events. If you've never been to some of these, because a lot of people I know, this is their first one of these, if you're able to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I get it. It can definitely be a bit overwhelming to try to keep track of everything. Uh, but, the, you know, don't worry about it. People are just there to have fun as well. Yeah. And the community is ironically, actually, I would say nicer usually in person than even oh, online. Yeah. Oh, very much usually so. a selling point to the thing. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things where people are just kind of doing stuff. So if you would like to also join for stuff. You're welcome to, but you don't ever have to feel pressured to do that. I mean, the the biggest example where there was kind of like a funny little joke on uh, Twitter from the, uh, I guess, the creator thing that a bunch of us went to that we'll be able to talk about soon on Tales of Tamriel. But um, when we were shown, you know, some behind the scenes stuff that we'll be seeing in Vegas um, and the 
pictures from later that night and the dinner were like shown and everybody's like good god what is happening that's like 55 shots and the idea was it was like yeah that was fine but people came and went as they pleased and it was like right yeah people right. are just there to hang out you never need to worry about like oh am i intruding that's the point of these things is to just have fun as a group so if it's your scene Feel free to join. Nobody's going to like make you feel awkward. Yeah, so. it's a vacation. Everybody's having yep. fun. If you want to go back to your room, do that. If you want to hang out exactly. and go to dinner with everybody, say, do that. The right? amount of people, <laughs> the, the amount of people, Alassia so Vegas, my wife was good until like 11 p.m. Our time, I guess. Well, 11 p.m. that time, which was like 2 a.m. our time. And she's like, I yeah. can't do this anymore. She's like, I have to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's totally fine. So like, right. you know, time zones, time zones. Yeah. And time everybody's going to have their own things. But there's there's the big event where everybody's showing up to see all the stuff that's officially going to be out there. And then there's going to be the hey, we're going to hang out afterwards or whatever stuff. So right. just do it. Do what you want. Enjoy the time there. And if you can't go, uh, we will have stories for you. In fact, I'm going to pack up a laptop and a microphone and Lotus and I can probably set up on like Thursday after yeah, the events and we'll do like a, a recap of the stuff and, and that kind of thing. So you'll be we able to tune in for that as well. Show some stuff from the event itself, like other than just photos and stuff, if we can do something while we're there. So that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll see what we yeah. can do. Uh, but today we've uh, we've delayed it <laughs> talking about what we're talking about today. So 11 minutes later, <laughs> 11 minutes later, we're talking about High Rock. We're continuing our journey around Tamriel. We're, we're coming from Hammerfell up to High Rock and uh, past Daggerfall. Did, have you ever has this ever occurred to you that you have Hammerfell and Daggerfall? There's a whole lot of falling down happening. Yeah, people are dropping tools all over the place. It's very irresponsible on that side of the continent. Yeah, they can't hold on to things, I guess. Yeah, um, but it's hey, clumsy blacksmiths everywhere. <laughs> clumsy blacksmiths. But just a reminder, this is more about the locations, the physical locations and the places and less about the culture. But as a yeah. reminder, the majority of High Rock is Breton. So lots of magic -y humans who live up in the this area right and um, um a lot the of other thing oh, kind of to note on what you were saying there uh, very much we will not be focusing on all of the political stuff right. necessarily this is again much more of the geography of the region because if you're ever looking for political stuff this is pretty much your region for it um yeah if you dive into it it is just like the the joke originally when eso first launched was this is the game of thrones section of the map where everybody's just politically backstabbing each other so it's like right. if you want to look into that absolutely but that's kind of not what we're going with this time yeah if you want middle ages european fantasy this yeah. is this, this is, the is area. your zone right lots of kingdoms and duchies and castles and, yep. and different uh political intrigue and all of that kind of stuff yes. that's what most of this is known for also Mm, spooky things like yeah so it's got kind of that gothic flair in some of the locations as well it it does which we'll get into but the big thing is like compared to some of the other regions that we've talked about this place i would consider overall relatively low fantasy as well um there's a couple places like you mentioned we'll get into like riven spire and stuff where it gets a little more Gothic-y Gothic vampires and, and yeah, vampire. Yeah. But for the most part, this is a much more of a grounded area, which to some, if this is your first experience to it, might seem a little generic medieval. Um, yeah, but I personally like it because it contrasts well with the weirder, more alien, high high fantasy type of thing. When we talked about Oridon and you know the Somerset Isles, or you go on the other side of the continent, and we're talking about you know Black Marsh or Morrowind, where it's like really weird. This is super <laughs> yeah. not really weird by comparison. Right, right, yeah. If you're looking for a place that feels kind of familiar to the real world, this is yeah. one of the places that is most like that for sure. Um, and it's mostly because these are where the, some of the Manish races are have settled. At least you right. could say that. Um, and yeah. because this is just north of Hammerfell, there's a little bit of that uh, Red Guard interest uh, influence yep. on the southern portions. You've got the yeah. Bretons. You've got an area that uh, is uh, at least in the second era uh, where the orcs have set up their their homeland. Oh, yep. So you, there is some diversity across here too. 
So here, let's go over the the specific different uh, sections. First, we have Glenumbra, which is the westernmost region of High Rock, and it comes. It's mostly this large peninsula. When you think of High Rock, think of kind of this arm that stretch uh, stretches out into the Western Ocean. That arm, that peninsula, is Glenumbra. And um, it borders a number of these other locations, which we'll make mention in a second. And this is the place where you find like city states like Daggerfall and Camlorn and right. uh, the great cemetery of Cath and Bedrod. Also places like the ancient battlefield of Glenumbra Moors, where the Dyreni defeated the Alessian Horde. This I is- love that whole thing like i don't know the glenumbra moors just sounds like a really ominous place where a great battle took to like happened type of deal mm-hmm. i've just always liked the the setting to that it, it, it just sounds very very cool yeah and some of the different lands here are interesting so like these moors you've got um cemeteries and uh forests the southern forests of glenumbra are where you can find witches covens and the yep. the, the druids and the weird yeah, a lot of reach folk a lot of the weird stuff going on there yep. Um, so th- there's that kind of stuff as well, but it's also diverse. There's hills and forests and swamps and all sorts of different kinds of landscapes that look very middle of Europe. <laughs> yep. For the most yeah. part. No, very, very much so. And then if we had uh, if we had over more to the east, we end up in Stormhaven, which is the central region of High Rock. And it's uh, situated at the mouth of the Bialsay is that how you say that? Bielse River? B- B-J- that's the best I got. O-U-L. That was, yeah, that's as close as I was going to get. S-A-E? Bielse? Bielse yeah, would be what I would Bielse. Can we just call it the Beyonce? The Beyonce. The Beyonce River. This right. is the Beyonce Good. River. She's, she's fabulous. Going to get a cease and desist order for the child. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> uh, so it, it borders Glenumbra to the west and Ravenspire to the northwest. Hrothgar, Bankerai, those are the other locations. Yep. And the landscape consists in this area of rolling hills and lush floodplains, rocky outcrops, and ancient woodlands. So it's it's kind of similar to Glenumbra. I, I, um, I don't really draw also, too much of a distinction in my mind between these. No, two it, it's it's visually. pretty similar. Also, also. Outcrops was the best slip of the tongue you said because you said outcraps. Oh, did I say craps? Outcrops. Outcrops. <laughs> outcrops. I knew what you meant, and I was trying not to laugh it's, and break your train of it's thought. It's just my Floridian accent. That's what it is. <laughs> outcraps. Um, <laughs> um, so, also in this region is Alcare. Which is the celebrated birthplace of Tiber Septum. Yes. Uh, which is a little weird because Tiber Septum is like the whole background on that is uh, extremely Highly convoluted. Nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of the places that is celebrated. There's, there's a celebration day and all of that about Tiber Septum. Uh, yeah. But you got a lot of farming and fishing and, and those kinds of things going yep. on here. Anything else notable in your mind about Stormhaven? No, it's really just picture medieval Europe, and we've covered it so far. Yeah, yeah. It's really it. It's it's kind of standard Renfair attire in in a zone in game. Right, right. So if we head north of there, we get to Rivenspire, and yes, Rivenspire is a little weird. Is yeah, this is like Halloween Town, sort of. <laughs> It really kind of, it's funny you say that because that's sort of what I think. I was like, okay, so this is just like where everything goes to literally die. Uh, yeah. All the get trees, resurrected. Yeah. All the trees look kind of barren. Everything it looks like it's just constantly in the state of like winter, but not really winter it's, yet. It's like that period, I, I guess, if you're not from like um, where you have all four seasons, but in New England we do. So hopefully I'll make a reference. Uh, one of the things, if you go a little bit to uh, uh, specifically v- Vermont uh, in New England, uh-huh. uh, there's a thing called stick season <laughs> in which it's not winter. It's muddy because it's thawing, but nothing has grown yet. So all the trees literally just look like sticks and yeah. there is just like no grass yet. It's just kind of like this muddy melted snow but it's not ready to be spring yet yeah skeleton trees that's what i so growing up in florida we have two seasons we have summer which is like oh my god it's like half Mm -hmm. the year is like just hot and wet um and then we have not summer 
which is uh, sometimes cold, maybe a few times gets into almost freezing. And then for the rest of it is just just kind of pleasant. There you go. There you <laughs> so go. there's summer and not yeah. summer. But this being summer, being summer. in the trees in Florida are very confused. They don't know when to lose their leaves because the weather is so weird. Okay. So some of the trees will lose leaves, but most of them don't. And it's all very confusing. So when I was a child and we'd go on vacation, we'd drive north out of Florida, we would end up like in the fall seeing, you know, trees that have lost their leaves. And as a, as a little kid, I, I asked my mom, and of course, this is one of those things she remembers and reminds me of all the time. But I said, mom, what are, are those skeleton trees? <laughs> I didn't, because nice. they looked like skeletons, like trees without their skin or something because they'll, they'll leave anyway yeah yeah um and so. actually as uh gwen the bard from chat actually mentions it's, it's the other side of it it's just november in game all the time like, yeah that's there pretty you go. much just like late november here here's yeah here here it is here's rivenspire right so rivenspire but it's also cloudy and it's got that kind of dark and dingy kind of air to it yes everything's a little bit spooky and yeah, it's got a creepiness to it yeah. um it, it, it kind of Perpetuated even more so by if you play any of the dungeons in Elder Scrolls Online, they all have a, a, a similar type of feel as well uh, mm. that kind of carries it on. So I think that's part of why I like Elder Scrolls stuff so much is that there's so much so of, the, varied. of the creepiness. I mean, even yeah. though everything is varied, there's still that like you're going to find a place with a bunch of dead things and a bunch yeah, of old architecture actually from Piper and Chad's yeah. a very good way of explaining eerie is a good adjective eerie. Yep. So this region Riven Spire contains uh, city states like Shornhelm and North Point and the infamous Crypt of Hearts. Yes. The Crypt of Hearts, which has been in so many Elder Scrolls games, which most people don't realize exactly how many Elder Scrolls games the Crypt of Hearts has been in uh, three, four. It has been in. Uh, so it was in Shadow Key. It was in. I actually don't arena? know. Arena. It's, it's definitely an arena. ESO Shadow Key. ESO Shadow Key. But not Daggerfall. Uh, I don't think it's in Daggerfall. I don't know because I haven't beaten the story yet. I don't believe you go that far. Yeah, I'm looking right now, and I don't see. I don't see it listed yeah, for Daggerfall. So I, think it, I think it's. For, so a little bit outside the range of that map. Yeah, it's it's pretty fire. It's it's like Labyrinthian, where you just keep going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just keep but, going uh, back. Yeah, Crypt of Hearts is a very very uh, visited place. Mm -hmm. It also this location also includes the uh, Doom Crag. Yeah, which is very cool visually in ESO. The Doom yeah, Crag. yeah, it's it's tied to the Aliads. This is a massive yep. Aliad tower, and for the most part, we think of Aliads, we think of Cyrodiil, but they actually spread out as far north as Rivenspire and created a thing called the Doom Crag, which is my new hardcore band. Nice. So uh, I'll be nice. be looking for that on Spotify. Um, yeah, Doom Crag. Doom. We are Doom Crag. Uh, and no, I'm gonna have to have like fake European <laughs> accents too. It's a Northern European hardcore. Oh, band. good. So then you can be offensive <laughs> as well. And we are Doom Crag. Jesus. <laughs> yes, and and nobody will love us. It's <laughs> it's so metal that everyone will hate me for it. Also, you can't get more metal than that. What? At, that was a real misdirection in accent. <laughs> That's not the when you're. When, it was when, a little more the, German than Northern yeah, European. Yeah, I was like, wow, that was not the direction I thought that. that it's Germans who are pretending that they're from Norway. Perfect. I've got a whole backstory for Doomkrag. Ultavia <laughs> Doomkrag. Rock and roll, heavy metal, bang your heads. I agree. I don't think there's a single person who isn't let down by this. <laughs> That's our first hit: rock and roll, heavy metal, bang your heads. That's the full title of the song. Anyway, let's move on. We're moving uh, moving on from Rivenspire to Bankurai. Now we're getting to kind of the areas that are distinctly different than these first three zones. Yeah, I, I enjoy Bankurai because it, it shares a lot uh, with, yeah, well, again, because it's uh, the Hammerfell region. But I like how it's like a weird mix of sort of the Alakir Desert. But less desert, if that makes yeah, sense. It feels less Europe and a little bit more um, uh, Africa. Yeah, a little bit, a little more savanna, but still, you know, still not overly temperate or anything like that. Right, right. Like, like a very, I don't know, non-equatorial Africa. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting region in game. Um, 
or in ESO where you specifically spend a decent amount of time in there if you're playing through the Daggerfall Covenant storyline. Yeah. Yeah. So the main settlement is the city of Evermore, and yep. the region is home to the Bankerite Pass, a fortified garrison which serves as High Rock's protection against the raiders from Hammerfell. This is that bordered land right there. And um, in ESO, I believe the southern portion is technically in Hammerfell and the northern portion is in High Rock. It's kind of a yeah, split I believe zone. so, because there is a if I'm if I remember correctly from where the zones connect, um, it's all classified in the, the Daggerfall region. Mm hmm. But when you cross over like to the load point, when you're switching zones, the bottom portion of the map, you straight up go to the Alakir Desert, if I remember correctly, the yeah. way it connects. So yeah. you you literally not only switch just the the region, you switch the whole territory as well. Like it's it's like a full switch, because, again, like you said, it's it's a borderland. Right. Right. Not the video game borderlands. Which are no, fun. Also very good, though. Also fun. Um, also notable locations here are the Halcyon Lake, where uh, the ruins of Bisnensel, a city founded by the alien king Lelorian Dinar, are yep. located. Lelorian Dinar. Lelorian. Yep. Yep. I'm going to spell this, and if you can pronounce this, send me a recording of yourself saying it. L a l o r i a r a n. Lelorian. So I like to think that any letter that I don't pronounce is silent. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, mm -hmm. uh so if I... all if I don't say the name at all, then all the letters are silent. <laughs> Correct. This is King mm, Dinar. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all the letters are silent. That's, all, that's very confusing. The aliens had a weird language. Um, so that's Bankerai. Uh, and then there's Hrothgar, which is the northern, like, eastern portion of yeah. High Rock. It's got a real Skyrim-y feel again, just because yeah. geography similar <laughs> geography like, similar yeah we're buttoned up against the the mountains which is hard i that, was gonna say yeah. i don't know why that turned into like just caveman speak there but <laughs> like yeah the, the geography is very similar uh you you get a very northern craggy regions um and and i again it was before eso referred to them as chapters mm -hmm. um but a lot of us just refer to it as chapter zero because it was the first like really major expansion yeah. added to eso big dlc um, story it, stuff a major and, dlc yeah. story zone not one of the smaller ones or whatever mm -hmm. um and yeah a lot of times it's just referred to as like chapter zero um strongly suggest playing it it again the civil unrest in the main story because again without going to the political side of stuff orsinium is sacked destroyed rebuilt over and over and over again throughout the history of tamriel right those four arcs. and in the second era they do a great job of explaining all of that and how the orsimer race kind of like even battles amongst themselves to become accepted mainstream wise by the rest of the continent and other cultures and also to maintain who they are it's just it's a yeah. really cool region yeah pun not intended because of the snow thing but <laughs> it's it's uh it's got a lot of very unique history to it if you want to look into that side of it beyond just the geography yeah and lots of cool stories about orc culture and how yes. they interact with each other and what their honor and duty means to them and how they worship right. and all of that stuff is kind of tied into the storylines there it's very cool mm -hmm. stuff um so like you you mentioned this region is home to the orcish city of orsinium at least in the second era <laughs> located <laughs> in the hrothgarian mountains as well as the breton city of farun which was formerly the orcish city of farun some spelled yeah. differently, but same word. Yeah. Uh, and the city of Jahana. It also contains many different uh, orc strongholds, which makes sense, being that the orcs live here. But then also a bunch of Dwemer ruins. This is another one of those locations. As as we move east, closer to Skyrim and Morrowind, you get more of the Dwemer. Yeah, influence. a lot of Dwemeri influence over there. Yeah. So that's that kind of stuff's over there. And then we have these two other minor, or at least smaller locations. Maybe not minor, but smaller. It's smaller, definitely. Yeah, the island of or Isle of Balfiera. And if that sounds familiar, think about the 
adamantine tower. This is the island with the that is the oldest structure in Tamriel. This is the tower that supposedly the powers that be back in ancient times stood in order to define the future of the world, basically. And also, I believe this was the location where Lorcan's heart was torn out and thrown across the continent over towards Morrowind. That sounds right. So that all supposedly happened here, and this tower is still standing. It's one of it. Go again. Go back to the tower episodes if you want to try to understand what the towers mean and why they're important. And this is the oldest one, and it's also the model for many of the other towers that you find. It's kind of the progenitor of that whole concept. So that exists here. It's a little island in the middle of the bay, kind of. You can see it from ESO. It's also in ESO now. When you start a new character, this is where you start. The whole beginning stuff was revamped like yes it it used to be very different starter thing from here um yeah so i've been told because i actually don't have a character that has ever seen this (laughs) yeah i started a new character after they updated it to check it all out and it's very cool you've got these like halls and these portals and the uh the geography of of the island is very cool and then just like the building itself looks very ancient and yet very kind of elven almost but not elven it's an interesting location if you haven't been here i recommend starting a new character just to go look around and kind of experience what what is going on. Um, I think it's one of those things a lot of people miss because they don't necessarily understand the importance of the location when they're starting a new character and they're like trying to figure out, okay, well, which portal do I want to take and how do I want to equip myself and all of that. So uh, it's worth playing through. Go check that out. Um, Also, the island of Betany, which is green and forested and it's situated to the south of Glenumbra. In the second era, the island was conquered by the Stonetooth Orcs who renamed it Betnik. So if Betany does not look familiar to you by looking on maps, Betnik might, because that's yeah. usually what it's labeled as. A little starter island. It's a little starter island. Yeah, it's one of the three original starter islands, which is where you used to start the game. But now you can still go to them and do the adventures over there and the little storylines and collect all the items and things from those locations. So th- that's that's what we got. That's most of High Rock. Those are the locations. Yep. Um, if we were to name all of the... Uh, the key points of interest, we've got the Adamantine Tower, which we mentioned before, uh, Bankara Garrison, which is a large defensive fortification on the border with Hammerfell, Cath uh, Bedrod, which is the large cemetery in Glenumbra, Camlorn, which we mentioned, the Crypt of Hearts, locations like Daggerfall, Evermore, Faerun, which we mentioned, Glenumbra Moors, Johanna the City, North Point, which is the main city of the state of High Rock of the same name uh, in northern Rivens- Rivenspire. Yeah, it's like the, one of the top points of Rivenspire, if I remember correctly. Yeah, part of why it's called North. Oh, Point. yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Orsinium, Shornhelm, which we mentioned, Doomcrag, and Wayrest, which is the main city of the location of the same name. And yes. that's in the southern part of Stormhaven. So those are all cool locations to go visit. Uh, if you want to take a little tour through ESO, you can go to each of these locations and check them mm-hmm. out. Uh, and again, it's it's totally worth just playing through. If, you, if you're going to play, try the free trial. Just make a character and just go check out some of the sites. Because yeah, just browse around. Browse around because the locations look really cool. So go check that stuff out. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to cover the uh, flora and fauna when we get back, but we have to go thank our patrons. So we'll be right back. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you wanna access hundreds of new shows, Use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. 
That's expressvpn.com slash scrollslore. expressvpn.com slash scrollslore to learn more. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons and welcome our newest patrons, including Nazarashi, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Adam, uh, Raven W, Obots Adio, who I think you was, did they sign up on this already and then came back or was that a different show? I'm trying to remember. I don't know, but that's amazing. Is that not familiar to you? It must have been another show. That is show. not familiar to me. I think this so. is the second Patreon, the second show's Patreon that they signed up for. So, or somebody else made the same joke. That. Yeah, I was going to say, or somebody made the same joke, both of which I would appreciate. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And then uh, Spork. Which is my favorite utensil. Wow. We just have a spork? That's yeah. Uh, the fantastic. spork. I mean, this is the, the spork. Um, yeah, no, spork. the original spork. <laughs> when I was in high school, I worked at Taco Bell with my best friend, James. Oh, okay. And his running joke was when attractive girls, and I don't know if he can get around, get through, he would not get away with this today. Like, this is not appropriate. It's already prepping to be cringe. Just letting you know. But his running joke was when attractive girls came through the drive-thru, he would give them their food at, or, or well, either after or before handing them their stuff, he would ask, would you like a spork? <laughs> and then go, what? And then he would hold up a spork and he go, would you like a spork? And then go, uh, no. And go, okay. <laughs> and he, he thought that was super clever. Wow. Cringy high school stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was Anyway, nailing it, <laughs> nailing it. Um, thank you to our new patrons and shout outs to our Daedric Princes, Jacob K, Kira C, Neon Knight and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for your support and all 117 of our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, also, I would read out a review, but we don't have a new one this week. So if you'd like to leave us a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, then that would be awesome. We'll read out your words on a future episode. Also, on Spotify, you can rate the show. So if you drop us a five-star rating on there, that would be amazing. Plus, the episodes now have the ability for you to respond and say what you liked about the episode. So kind comments on there uh, would be amazing. Always appreciate the happy little stars, even if you have nothing to say. It's very nice of you. Every time I check one of these, sometimes I'm just having a rough day and I'm like, I should check my stuff. And I look (laughs) and I get to see a bunch of positive things and it makes me feel so good. So... You really can change change my feelings for the day. So thank you to those of you who take the time to do that. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast is the location for the Patreon. I forgot to mention that. And uh, let us know if you're going to ESO next week. Chime, yeah. chime in the uh, Discord, in the Elder Scrolls Lorecast channel on the Discord and say, hey guys, I'll be there. I'll look for you or whatever and we'll see you there. So, all right, let's move on with the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we're back, Lotus. And uh, is there anything else before we get to the floor and fauna that you wanted to bring up? Anything else that came to mind that we we didn't mention? So one of the things uh, that I figured was, I don't know, sort of worth mentioning a lot of a lot of this is kind of like we said lower fantasy um and and a little bit not generic but like standard medieval fare um there's definitely some weirdnesses but one of the things that i specifically wanted to mention because uh it was first introduced as far as i remember in the rothgar expansion was these things called etchetairs Mm-hmm. And they are weird. Okay, <laughs> they're very unique. Uh, it's what it's it's one of the fauna that I feel was kind of worth mentioning because otherwise you get wolves and bears and nereids and harpies and crocodiles and spurgans. These are all like generic things that they have listed, right? But not super unique to the region. Etchetairs, however, I think are very very strange. <laughs> yeah, they're um, weird. They're like six legged. Uh, uh, fuzzy rodent type creatures but they're big, but they're big. yeah they're, and they're big and so like, their legs are like pointy they don't really have feet so their legs look i mean they're essentially tusks or large <laughs> antlers sticking out they basically look like they don't have skin or meat on their extremities 
it yeah. looks instead almost like a pointed like claw thing because it doesn't turn right. into like extremities they're they're sharp they look like tusks or or, or claws something. just like a big the claw yeah, off of all six of their legs the middle leg the claw has kind of like a thumb claw that comes out of it right. so it's like two pronged Actually, yeah, Gwen mentioned buffalo spiders. Yes. Buffalo spiders. Yes, buffalo spiders. I feel like that should be a canon definition, but they really are. And they're kind of the pack creatures for a lot of that region in Hrothgar. Um, yeah. So they're, they're you know, very common amongst the orcs. They're kind of their pack animals. They're, they're like their buffaloes or their cows. Or right. Some of their whatever. faces have tusks. Some of them have like uh, a line of fur, kind of like a mohawk running down their backs. Yep. Some of them have like a triceratops style, like uh plate, bony uh, kind of plate on, on the top their of forehead. their head. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty, they're pretty unique. Um, and I have long joked that, there is every single mount and pet under the sun in Elder Scrolls Online mm -hmm. that you can get. And somehow these things have still not become a mount. And I'm like, this is, just seems like yeah. a given. Some like, of them are pretty big, too. Like some the, of them are big pretty enough. huge. Maybe they just you just can't tame them to ride on them. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess I've never seen anybody ride, riding around on them. Yeah. But I felt those were really the only creature that was super worth mentioning because mm -hmm. it is pretty unique to that region. Yeah, that that is the most unique creature. Um, otherwise, you get a lot of these like common like real world creatures you'd see in a place like the middle right. of Europe, like or, wolves and bears. Exactly. Or some of the stuff I had mentioned, like their standard fare fantasy things like right. harpies, harpies or, i mean even spriggans, spriggans. it's like yeah. sure it's like they're, they're horkers yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got horkers and rikers classic and, horkers. and uh even some crocodiles in some of the little swampy areas yeah yeah you get those in the glenumber moors and stuff like that right um right so that's most yeah. of the most of the creatures most of the animals the fauna right. uh the flora is fairly diverse you have like we explained before a lot of the general flora looks like Again, like kind of mostly European, like yeah. the kinds of trees you would see in a, a more temperate, um, you know, more northern climate mm -hmm. um, and hills that are covered with grasses and um, some bogs and things like that. Uh, but there's there's some uh, special more, uh, I don't know, ESO based uh, craftable items, things like uh, moth nettles and clickweed and red coldberry leaves and yellow clover and brandily brandelion brandelion. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, and, you know, Stendar's wart and all, all of that kind of stuff. So there's a I variety I knew of what a clickweed was because I was looking into it because that sounds weird. Mm -hmm. And there's no uh, there, it's referenced. But there's actually no specific photo of what a clickweed is. Yeah, it says it can be used in potions to cure illnesses. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have to run around and look to see if we can I know, find I wanna, one. I want to pull up a clickweed. <laughs> and update the wiki. Uh, but you you not only have this kind of stuff in like trees and things, those kinds of things, sure. but lots of wildflowers and, yep. um, you know, the, the, a lot of that kind of stuff that you would see all over the place. I'm not sure if there's too much else to note here other than... Um, you know, you've got like spriggans and there's a lot of that like nature magic stuff from the areas with like the druids. Yes. So that's yeah, you'll get a decent amount of hedge magic with the weird and, and stuff like that in the you know, they're heavily influenced in the area. Um some of the I, I guess like one of the things that's kind of worth probably mentioning because you'll see it quite a bit throughout the Elder Scrolls online story in this region. Um some of the vines and stuff like that that are influenced, I guess, by, by some of the druidic magic and stuff like that, they are enormous and kind of take over a lot of the scenery oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And it it's literally like just generic vines, but like to comical degrees. You'll get these just enormous vines that scale around the landscape. They'll cover other trees. They'll literally cover mountainsides and stuff like that. And you... um that oftentimes, I guess, is a defense, I suppose, if you're using magic for them, uh, they have like thorns that you would see on like a rose bush or something like that. Except yeah. again, they match the ridiculous size of the vines. So they right. just look like giant swinging death traps. Yeah. Thorns the size of your entire head. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- those are, those are always kind of, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because you'll see them sprawled out across over, uh, over portions of the, the landscape and stuff like that. So those are not wholly unique, but pretty prevalent, especially in like Glenumbra and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's, that totally makes sense. Um, so that's most of the flora and fauna. The rest of it isn't super interesting. The other thing that is notable about this region is, well, I guess two things. First of all, because this region is so human centric, manish centric, yep. I guess would be the right way to say it in ESO terms. Uh, a lot of the uh, words just read like words from our own English vocabulary. So you don't have, like we mentioned with some of these other locations, you have like the languages that were used by the locals and then you have like the imperial versions of them, which are these like Anglicanized words. Here's our version of what your name is. It's like, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) You don't get a whole lot of that in these regions because it's all, it's all very common and comfortable and, and very English to, to like some of these regions look like they are just set in England or a place like that so you have that and then along with that you have the architecture of these regions which tends to be very european looking Um, the kinds of cottages or the stone masonry from uh the towers and the castles sure and um the sloped roofs with the shingles on them and and a lot of those kinds of things even even the cobblestone roads through the middle of the cities um, that kind of stuff looks it looks like you're visiting an old european town yeah so it's if you're into that kind of stuff, it's particularly cool to just go around and take a look at, at these places because I've, you know, being an American, we don't have cities that are older than really 100, 150 years, yeah, 200 years say, at the oldest, of most live, of places. Like in Boston, it's as old as it gets. And that's yeah. still only like colonial times. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 250, 300 right. years at the most. But a lot of that 300 year old stuff just isn't around anymore. Right. Or it's like very refurbished yeah (laughs) yeah this is basically a new veneer over it to make it look like it because it had decomposed (laughs) right 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 yeah in florida we have uh saint augustine which is the oldest that's technically the oldest continually settled city in the united states i believe oh neat um because there were older ones but they disappeared and terrible Corrected. things happened and then they had yeah, to get re- all sorts of different things yeah i was yeah. gonna say they had to get resettled but yeah the, the like the old parts of saint augustine are like just a few blocks in the center of this the city um and it's cool i mean it was an old spanish settlement uh, and it's got some cool old stuff there but not nearly i mean i've fortunately had the fortune of being able to travel in places like uh, different places throughout europe and uh i haven't seen a ton but what i, what I have seen is just mind-blowing to you know somebody who comes from a country that's really only a few hundred years old some of these locations and are, are just beautiful in fact I, I think i mentioned this on the show before i got a chance to go to london and uh we were in one of the one of the old locations um and at that location was and it's labeled the oldest door in okay in the uk or something like this all right it's basically what the equivalent of a broom closet in westminster abbey i think uh, but the door hadn't been replaced for hundreds of years so it's just this it's a really door. <laughs> old wooden door that looks hundreds of years old and it just has never had to be replaced and interesting i love that kind of stuff i'm just like yeah. oh my god can you think how many people have opened this door <laughs> that's amazing right. um so anyway, if you if you're into architecture and those kinds of things, walking around in some of these areas is really cool. And then if you like the more gothicy kind of spooky stuff, um, then heading heading up to Rivenspires is the place yep. to go see all of that stuff. Yeah, um, like we had mentioned with the vampire stuff. Also, mm-hmm. there's a decent amount of werewolf influence uh, throughout yeah. the storylines as well. It's that's probably the most common version of both of those I would say throughout the Elder Scrolls Online base game, at least. Yeah, and there are parts of this that kind of butt up to the Reach because yes. we're bordering on Skyrim. So you have the Reachful influence sure. in the culture here in, in certain places. And then, of course, the Druids and all of that stuff. It's it's really a cool, com- complex combination of stuff. You got yeah. you have the high nobility. You've got uh, this almost like a caste system going on with the locals. But then you also have the spooky locations and the Druids sure. and the magic-y stuff because they're all Breton. And yep. it's it's such a cool area. And there's I don't know. It, I don't know if you can tell. 
But I feel like these kinds of zones are, I, I like the alien stuff of the other places, but there's something about the way that these things feel grounded in kind of our own culture and mythology. So one thing that I always like to kind of say, and it's like one of the things I guess will kind of be our last little tangent before we close things up. But like one of the things that uh, the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion kind of got knocked a bit by, they were like, well, it's just medieval Europe. Like, right. That's just, yeah. Right. And and this is even more so like this is sort of just medieval Europe with some twist to it right. or whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I personally find that the overall world of the Elder Scrolls is enhanced by having these grounded things to match against yeah. the the weird stuff because juxtaposed against each other, each one kind of makes it feel very normal and then the weird seems even weirder. So right. like I feel right. like it actually each one kind of helps each other and neither would be as effective without the other personally. Yeah, it's it's the same reason why some of the games that have come out that are just focused on very strange and alien worlds, they don't resonate as well. Whereas something like Skyrim, again, which is just kind of like northern Europe in its right. in its geography and even the sure. cultures, the culture, the Nordic culture is very similar to Viking culture and Viking all of that. Viking culture. And, so, yeah, absolutely. Sure. But it makes it um you know reachable it makes it it gives you an intro point that feels familiar so when you do stray into the weird stuff by what, we, what you're saying basically is the contrast makes it even more interesting but you have that home to go back to it's it's right. an introductory in it's it's the it's one of the reasons why uh J.R.R. tolkien puts you in hobbiton at the beginning of the lord of the rings is because Hobbiton feels like the Shire feels like the kind of place that he was familiar with these right. little homes and these little farms. And, and it feels very natural and, and regular. And then when you stray into the world of the elves or the sinister world of all the dark, spooky creatures and those kinds of things, those things feel so much more alien in contrast to that. Yeah. And I personally just in general, because this is, you know, my favorite series um as well as just like you know ip in general uh this just happens to long have been my favorite um throughout all the games and the thing that i like about the world that's been created is it has so much to it it's very hard to get like if you ever get bored of a setting you can find another setting and still not even leave this type of like you don't need to go to another story or another right. fantasy a different world because it's all in here anyways right it's just so a corner of the same world yeah it, exactly so that's kind of why i like the fact that there's just you know regardless of how normal it might be or how weird it might get i like that it's all kind of the same thing so you know i i don't really jump around as much as others do sometimes and i think that it's just there's so much that this series offers and that's helped by the fact that you do have these more grounded areas to match against the the more alien ones yeah it's true it's true so i i think it's a cool zone i think it's a i do i, I actually like it quite a quite a bit yeah and i enjoyed when we went back to storylines about like the vampires and stuff say what you want about vampire stories in general and how they're sure. all kind of cookie yeah, cutter in certain definitely ways definitely not my favorite in general but i actually feel there's a decent amount of well-constructed ones in this right but just some of the locations even just like being like going yep. along with the storyline just to go see some of the cool places you go and mm -hmm. some of that stuff is is particularly interesting to me so Anyway, we'd love to uh, hear your thoughts on on this zone, on High Rock, and any of the other ones we've talked about. So feel free to chime in on the Discord and let us know. And uh, thank you, Chad, for being here. It's time to wrap up. We're again, we're going to be in Las Vegas next week, so I'm going to do my best for us to be able to record and post a regular episode. If I'm not able to edit it and get it all ready in time, it may be a little bit delayed from when we normally do an episode. So, right. you know, have a little yeah. bit of patience there. We'll, we'll have yeah, something up at some point. Not exactly what the situation is when we get to Vegas. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll have to figure it out as we go. But uh, that's the hope. And um, definitely tune in. And if, if we don't get an episode out on time, know that one will be coming and you'll at least yeah. hear from us and all of all the hype about all the cool new stuff coming. So um, we'll be talking about that. For sure. So, Lotus, anything else you got going on? No, um, I guess from my side of the thing, same kind of goes for Tales of Tamriel. Um, we had our 
kind of catch up thing uh, this last episode where we talked where I talked about the previous two conventions that I was at between PAX East and what little I could say about my trip to San Francisco. Um, and actually, we're going to kind of squeeze out another episode hopefully over the next day or so that we can kind of it'll be a little weird having more than one episode in a week span but like we want to cover the news slash you know the new patch that hit for console finally yeah just the big event covered all the stuff right, going on right yeah. we got we got the holiday events so it's got a little bit of stuff to catch up on with uh tales of tamriel uh presented by uesp if that's anything that uh you are interested in and then if all goes well, we should hopefully have an episode to release as a uh, keep up while we're in Vegas. But that's saying the technology cooperates and doesn't blow up while we're in yeah. Vegas and I don't yeah. have access to this stuff. And we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed that works. But yeah, hopefully we won't, we'll, we'll have another episode or two for you coming up on uh, Tales of Tamriel as well. Awesome. Yeah, go check that out. And uh, Ghost Toad Total It, messing up the name again, says uh, that they will be hanging out on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if people are staying later. Uh, we're flying out like Friday morning. So I am leaving Saturday. So I will be there so. for the friday scenario so i was gonna say awesome yeah well i should still be there i believe there you go well people will still have chances to hang out oh yeah i was gonna say there'll be people i'm sure floating around because last i knew there's like a hundred something people going to this yeah so should be should be good times yeah awesome all right well you guys know where my stuff is robotsradio.net and you can come check out the fallout lorecast or the elder scrolls lorecast which you already listened to i'm just going through the list in my head or the lord of the rings lorecast or the witcher or mass effect or any of the other shows on the network that aren't my shows because they're awesome too so go check that stuff out if you're looking for new podcasts and we will see you hopefully next week otherwise we'll get an episode out as soon as possible and until then stay safe out there we'll see you soon Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time